My name is Ryan Nixon, and this is Sonia McEwen, and uh, Susan was not able to make it tonight, and so I asked Sonia to, to jump in and decided to have her here with me. And so what we're going to talk about tonight as we're kicking off into a new year is just what are some things uh, you need to be resolute about? What are some changes or maybe some things you need to double down on? Uh, but before we do that, uh, we thought we'd add a little fun into the evening, and so check out this video about... Uh, maybe some resolutions you don't want to keep. New Year's resolutions, or as I like to call them, the list of broken promises. Many of us, however, are setting the bar extremely low this year. Andy, for example, his goal is to simply stop peeing in the shower. Whatever. Andy, I feel like with some concentrated effort, your goal is attainable. Weird, but attainable. Karen, your resolution is to continue praying for all the stupid people. Look, girl, I got nothing for you, okay? You're in for a long, hard year. Real sorry. I, for example, will not be dropping 20 pounds this year. No. I'm going to be dropping my gym membership. Now, that's something I can stick with. Because I'm going to tell you what, I would just about rather walk into my high school class reunion wearing a Jane Fonda unitard. Then to make a New Year's resolution, uh-uh, I ain't doing it. There you go. So that's uh, a YouTube sensation. You can just look up, I ain't doing that. She's got a lot of fun things to laugh at. We cannot uh, kind of, I guess, speak for everything she, she talks about. But if you're just looking for some lighthearted humor and some time to waste... Head over to YouTube. I'm sure you can. But um, hey, there, there's four things that we are going to talk about, and you, you'll, you'll hear us talking about these four things all throughout. Um, just re-engage, whether it's an open group, closed group, newcomers. And, and we want to hit on those because these are really the key four things that all of us have to be doing um, on a day-to-day, week-to-week, year-to-year basis if we're going to continue to grow individually um, and as couples in our marriage. And so the first, there are four C's, and you've got a hand out there. And so Sonia's going to take care of the first one. Okay, the first characteristic is that there's a renewed relationship with Christ. Um, above all things in our marriages, guys, it's our relationship with Christ that makes all the difference. There is a huge difference between going to church on Sundays and reading an occasional devotion and walking with Christ moment by moment, mm-hmm. hour by hour, day by day, and throughout the week. Uh, John fifteen five says, Jesus said, apart from me, you know, you, you can do nothing. Um, so this is the idea of abiding in Christ and just being with him, talking with him, Listening as he speaks mm-hmm. to us through his word is key to um, this relationship. He's not my husband, nah, but not our relationship. That relationship, your, your husband's relationship, <laughs> that my relationship, relationship. working. Um, but at the same time, it is key in all relationships. Absolutely. And so, right. And, uh, I can be more loving towards you, Ryan, <laughs> as right. I am abiding with Christ. Um, um, no, absolutely. So often we look to our spouse to meet a need or a desire in our heart that only God can fill. And anytime we do that, there, we're in for trouble. I think about uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. You know, we, we get all of love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Bears all things. Believes all things. We don't have a chance of doing that with our spouse if we're not properly aligned in our relationship with Christ. We're carrying sin, hiding, hiding things. So um, really important. Another verse that is 
key for me in my walk is John 14, 15. And it simply says, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. Hmm. And the only way we know how, what to obey is, is by knowing his word. And so if we say we love God, um, this, this horizontal relationship with, that we have with our spouse should be our number two relationship aside from our relationship with God. Um, so just practically, I would encourage you just to think tonight, what does that look like? What is the next step for you in realigning uh, your relationship with Christ? Is it uh, tomorrow morning setting your alarm a few minutes early to get up and just be in the Word? You know, we're doing join the journey, um, starting the book of Romans, and it'd be real easy to catch up at this point because there's only, mm-hmm. what, three verses that there we've gotten go. so far? So just downloading that app on your phone, but just really asking, what, you know, where, did, where am I off? Where, where am I off and how can I get back aligned? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like on these four C's, these are four things that we believe and that we've seen couples who've experienced health in their marriage as they've come through re-engage and stay healthy. Like this first one is of utmost importance is that we have, we believe um, that, that Christ is the hope of the world. We believe that Christ um, is our hope for individual struggles that we're going to, marital conflict. And so apart from him, just like she said earlier, we can do nothing. And just want to encourage you that if you don't know who this man named Jesus is, if you don't understand what it means to have a relationship with him or to walk with him, it's kind of, it is kind of weird, this idea of, of walking with someone who isn't really, as we can see, present with us. Um, talk to your leaders. Talk to your open group leaders or the newcomer leaders about that. Like, there's nothing more that we'd rather share with you than what it looks like for us um, to have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ and what it looks like for us to walk with him as well. And so don't leave tonight or your time and re-engage with having a, without having a clear understanding about that. And the second C is circle. And so you hear us talk about this idea of circle um, a, a lot. Um, and, and the reason is that in most relationships and most, whether it's a marriage or a business relationship or a friendship, whenever things start going south, we typically look at the other person kind of in the conflict and say, hey, if you would just stop doing this, if you would just start doing this, if you would change, then our relationship, our marriage, our business relationship, our friendship would be getting better. Um, and, and, and we're not saying, the idea of circle isn't saying that the other person kind of in the conflict is without fault. I mean, we know that you come in here, some of you with a lot of hurt because of the person that you're sitting next to or because of your spouse. Um, and so the idea of circle isn't saying that things haven't happened to you, but the principle that Jesus calls us to is focusing on the person that we can change, which is ourself. And that's why we say if you want to change your marriage, if you, the best thing you can do is to draw a circle around yourself and fix everybody inside that circle. Because you can't change your spouse, you can't change your friend, but you can begin to do the things that God's calling you to do. And as we looked into Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, hey, before you begin to take a speck out of your brother's eye, he doesn't say there's not a speck there. He says, hey, before you begin to take a speck out, make sure you remove the log out of your own eye first. And so Jesus is saying, hey, we need to spend a lot of our energy dealing with our own sin, even if it's 2% of the problem. We need to spend 90% of our time with our issues, with our sin, with our habits, that aren't helping us be the man or woman God wants us to be or to be in the marriage that God wants us to be. And then allow 
time and allow friends, and hopefully as you come through re-engage, others to come alongside your spouse to help them deal with their stuff. And so we want you to know, in, in the later chapters of re-engage, we talk about what does a healthy relationship look like with actually dealing with the speck in your spouse's eye? Um, what does it look like in Matthew 18 to deal with someone who's, who's wronged you and hurt you? But we have it so wrong and so backwards for so long as individuals in trying to resolve conflict that we would just say, hey, for the first kind of at least, you know, eight to 10 weeks of re-engage, just don't, don't worry about your spouse's issues. You focus, you know, try to focus 100% of your time on, Lord, what do you want to change in me? And a great verse just to, to wake up and pray, at, pray or whenever you start your re-engage homework to think about is Psalm 139, 23 through 25. And that verse, the psalmist says, search me, O God, and reveal to me the sinful way that's within me and lead me to everlasting life. It's not reveal to me the sin in my spouse's life. No, no, reveal to me the sin in my life and lead me to everlasting life. And so just continue to draw that circle around yourself. Um, and, and then you can, as you get into closed group, begin to ask questions. It's the right question of, hey, how do I continue to work through conflict if I'm to stay in my circle? And your leaders will help y'all work through that in a healthy manner. Next one. All right. The third characteristic of couples that get well is commitment. And this one is actually nearest and dearest to my own heart because part of my husband and my story involved infidelity. And back then there was no re-engage and we didn't really let anyone into our story. But the one thing that we did determine was that we were committed. And for more details, we'll be back next week sharing our story. We'd love to see your faces. But um, it's coming to this place tonight, asking yourself the question, am, am I all in for this marriage? Do you have one foot in the door and one foot out? Is this, we're gonna do this? We're gonna, we're gonna do this? And so at least we say we tried. Um, before we divorce? Um, and are you willing to take, to do what it takes to move towards the relationship that God has uh, mm -hmm. designed for you and your spouse? Uh, if you are, it's going to take commitment. The good news um, is that there's actually great research around this, that, that couples who commit, regardless of how bad it is, uh, make it. And so just encourage you with that, you know, if not our own experience of, of commitment is enough to get started, that, um, that there's good data behind it. Did you guys know that January is the number one month for couples to file for divorce? People, you know, they have these hopes and go through Christmas and the expectations are high that maybe something magical will happen over the Christmas break and more together time possibly produces more conflict. And so they think, a new year, a new me, and this doesn't involve you. And so sadly, a lot of January, this is uh, just a prime month for couples to say, this is it. Thankfully, you guys have shown up here with the opposite intention. And that is, hey, we're at a place where we need something. We, we, we need to grow. We need to get out of old bad habits or, or whatever it may be. And turn it, you know, figuratively turn a new leaf and we're going to re repent and turn and walk the other way. Mm -hmm. So way to go for just the courage it takes to walk in this room. Uh, it's no small thing. Uh, I want to share a, kind of a downer verse, I think, don't you think? First Corinthians seven twenty eight. 28, a promise we have that um, if we marry that we will have trouble. And we hear that a lot around re-engage. 
it sounds really depressing, but there's actually, to me, there's a lot of hope um, to it as well because it means we're not alone and that we're not the only ones when we experience trouble that God already told us a long time ago that that was going to be the case. And it's probably been all of our experience Mm -hmm. at times to have trouble. But the reason why behind it is found in the book of Romans 3.23 that just says we've all sinned. You know, I read a verse today. It says, you know, even from the womb, we were just, we were hopeless. Um, Starting to read the Bible through again in Genesis, it starts and says that. So um, we just have to get to the point of recognizing that this person that I've married is not perfect, can't be, won't be. And what does it look like to extend grace? to this mm-hmm. person. But in order to do that, in order to start doing that, you, we have to kind of draw a line in the sand and say, hey, it starts here. Mm-hmm. All the old is behind, the new is ahead, and we're going to move towards the prize. I um, want to paint a picture for you, and that is just of you and your spouse in a room. And there's lots of doors in the room. And these are kind of potentially the ways that you might leave the marriage if, if the room is the marriage. Uh, one might be infidelity and you might choose to go through that door and and escape your marriage. Um, You could live in an undivorced state. You're both still in the home, but you're leading two separate lives. Um, Pornography might be another door, a a place of escape, a place that you might go to escape from the realities of what's hard. Um, Drugs and alcohol might be another one. Work can be an escape. Uh, For some of us moms, our kids and parenting can be a whole place we can go to avoid what's hard in our marriage. And what we'd like to ask you to do as part of committing is to close every door. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you quit your job, right? If work <laughs> is your escape, it, doesn't, it might. But um, it just means to, to resolve that um, those doors are closed and that there isn't an option to divorce, that we're going to stay in this marriage. And somehow when you make that commitment... Everything else kind of takes on a new uh, perspective. We're going to work through this. We're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to yeah. end with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, one that's so great. And I just, like, as I think about this, both with in our marriage and also in our relationship with Christ, just kind of asking the question, like, is what I'm about to do, is it helping me move towards oneness with Jesus and oneness in marriage? Or is it something that is kind of pushing me farther away? And as I think about committing to my marriage, you know, it'd be some things that's kind of black and white. And it's like, yes, easily infidelity, drugs and alcohol, pornography, like that's black and white. That, that is not helping me move towards oneness in my marriage. And then there's other things that are a little more gray and you just have to ask yourself some hard questions and then also invite some close friends who love you enough to speak truth to you. Some of those hard questions as well. And just like Sonia said, is just be willing to close the door on anything that's going to lead you out away from your marriage. Because it's not worth it. And so as you're thinking about committing, it's, hey, I need to commit to the things that are going to push me towards oneness in marriage and towards oneness with Jesus, and then commit to close the door to things that are leading me away from my marriage um, as well. And so this fourth C um, is community. And so community is just, uh, it's, it's the word that we use um, for a, a small group of Christian friends, Christian friends who are going to love you enough to accept you right where you are, um, but also love you enough to not allow you to stay there. Um, Because we know that all of us are in process from now till the day we die to becoming more and more like Christ as a Christian. 
And so Christian friends are going to be there to love you enough to, to accept you, to pray for you, to cry with you, um, to encourage you, to love you, to serve you, to care for you. But they're also going to love you enough um, to speak truth to you, to challenge you, to admonish you, and have hard conversations with you. You know, and that's what the body of Christ is meant to be. Like every one of us needs a group of friends in our lives that say, hey, I want you to know I like you, but your breath stinks. How about a mint? You know, like that, that friend that, you know, you're sitting at, a, at a, like lunch with a bunch of different people and you're eating that spinach salad and no one except for your one real friend tells you you got a piece of spinach like stuck in your teeth 30 minutes after the lunch. Like that's a friend. Everyone else, those aren't your, those aren't your friends. All right. You need a good friend who's going to say, hey, when the way you speak to your wife like this, the way you respond, that sigh, that eye roll, hey, tell me more about that. What's going on there? They, they, they lean in to things that don't look like Jesus, and they speak truth to you. And so we all need a group of people that are going to, again, um, love us enough to accept us in the worst of our, you know, of just who we are, but also say, hey, let, let's, let's move towards Christ. And there's a couple of great verses, just um, 1, Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, it just says, hey, Admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. Um, and it's and it, we need people who are who walk with us through life, who know us in our ups and downs, and who are close enough to us who can really speak truth to us, and not just someone that we see, you know, once every couple weeks. And so, in reengage, you're going to get to experience a little bit of what community is to look like, you know, with your reengage leaders and also the participants with you. But we'd say, like, after you finish here, the goal isn't to continue to come back through re-engage, but you've got to find a healthy church where you're going to have a group of people who are going to love you enough um, to accept you in your worst situations when you've made bonehead mistakes, but also love you enough to challenge you to be the man or woman that God wants you to be. And this kind of leads into if there was a fifth C, and it's really part of community, but I think a lot of times we can leave it out. I say we as um, Christians can leave it out, um, and it's confession. And when I mean confession, I'm saying full confession to where you are fully known by others and then also fully loved as well. And so that's a part of my story. I had a relationship with Christ. I was spending time with Christ. I was in full-time ministry. Um, I was drawing the circle around myself in, in particular areas. I was committed to my marriage somewhat. Um, and I was in community here at Watermark Church. And I understood the principles of authenticity, but I was not being fully honest, a.k.a. I was lying and being deceptive about the sin that was in my life. Because I, I thought that, really, honestly, I didn't trust God's promises enough um, to, to walk in them. And so my marriage struggled, my life struggled because I wasn't being fully open and honest and confessing the shameful parts in my life that I didn't want other people to see. And, and one of the things I just experienced, God's promises. He says, hey, whoever conceals his sin will not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them will obtain mercy. And when I finally came clean to my community group, I want you to know they met me with grace and acceptance, but also loved me with hard truth and things that I needed to do to, to make changes in my life. And all of us need those people in our lives as well. And so we just, we'd encourage you that as you come to re-engage, Realize that, I mean, 
that the magic of re-engage and kind of is, is God's word, God's spirit, and God's people. And the principles that we see people come through over the last 10 years is growing in their relationship with Christ, drawing a circle around themselves, being committed to their marriage, um, and then surrounding themselves with God's people called community. And that's what we want to call each of y'all to do, whether this is your first night at re-engage um, or you're getting ready to finish. Anything else you'd want to add, Sonia? I actually want to ask you about your finger. The, the My third finger tattoo? C, the third C is commitment. Oh. Is this a, <laughs> Yeah, the tattoo. Where, <laughs> where's your Every, Everyone, like after you finish re-engage, you go get a tattoo as well. <laughs> and so, not really. Um, yeah, so we just want to call you guys to, to those four C's and to dive in. And, and just to be fully, like Sonia said, be fully committed, you know, over these next, you know, four to six months as you go through this journey. Sonia, will you pray for everybody here? We would love to. Father, thank you so much for uh, each couple that is represented in this room, each family that is here, uh, whether there's one spouse here or two. God, we know that you draw um, us individually, and sometimes that looks like um, sitting alone without your spouse for a while. So I just pray, Father, you would breathe hope into uh, each heart that is represented here and um, that you have a path for them and you have a plan and it is perfect. It is for their good and it is to bring glory to yourself. Uh, thanks so much for every leader and every um, helper here tonight. In um, Christ's name, amen.